Hey, this is Lisa Foyles from Top 5 with Lisa Foyles, and you are listening to Stolen Droids. Hello, and welcome to episode number 196. I'm Schmitty. I'm Zoner. And I'm Zook. We are still uh, columnless. He's still getting beat up in the octagon by MMA reindeer. <laughs> no, the only people who actually laughed at that joke last week were Colin. All Collins. All Collins we have listening to us. All Oregonian Collins. Yes. <laughs> Just saying. You're listening to the episode for the week of Monday, December... Oh, crap. What is it? The 29th? Something like that. Yeah. Last episode of the year. We made it through speaking. another year. We were not run out of town. We are the Blackberry of podcasts. <laughs> and we still haven't killed Blackberry, though. That's the yeah. thing. I want that to be on our new bumper sticker. We're like Blackberry, only with podcasts. <laughs> hey, we want to give a shout out to all of our radio partners, many of whom you're probably listening to us on right now. But in case you aren't, you can also find us on Stitcher.com, iTunes, uh, strangely, the Blackberry Podcast Network, tuned in <laughs> um, pretty much anywhere you can find any other podcast you can find us too. You can also find us at StolenDroids.com, uh, which is housed by our good friends at 4814, 48-14.com, the best WordPress hosting this side of Xandar. Um, check them out. Everything they save in graphic design, they put into their service for you. I know that sounds like a kind of backhanded compliment, but trust me, these guys are legit. They're even legitimate. Thank you. <laughs> Actually, just his eye kind of twitched there. As he reached for the gun. That was a legit um, twitch there. <laughs> He's going to have a stroke. <laughs> but what happens? What happens if you're too legit, too legit to quit? Well, see, that's in that's in a, a poem, so that's okay. It's in a poem. Wow, you a, give Hammer so much credit. By the great so poet M.C. Hammer. <laughs> you give M.C. Hammer is so one of the greatest poets credit. who ever lived. <laughs> the, the greatest poet of our time. He was Master of Ceremonies Hammer. <laughs> You know, I, I really liked him right up until he became Sir Hammer, you know. <laughs> they knighted him, right? <laughs> that happened. Sure. Hey, uh, you know, I expected a lot of feedback from last week's show. I mean, we kind of um, insulted everyone, I think. Right? And since we didn't get it, does that mean we have to try again? <laughs> well, we did get one a bit of feedback. And strangely, they weren't reacting to anything we said that was insulting, but rather about Uber. Uh, David writes us, I have used Uber once on my anniversary with my wife in Atlantic City. I was fairly disappointed. However, it may have been a result of Uber being new to the area and not well established yet. The driver was from Philadelphia and appeared to be an immigrant, so not fully familiar with even the basics of the area. It was fine because we knew where to go. On the plus side, it was convenient and slightly cheaper than if we had driven slash parked ourselves. I was hoping to have a limo, but got a Honda. I may not have fiddled with the app correctly, though, as it was my first trip. Thanks, David. Um, that's kind of interesting to me, because I'd actually heard that it, the price was comparable to a taxi, but that probably depends area to area. I'd imagine, well, he he right? said it was, it was cheaper than if they drove themselves and ha- had to get parking, which is understandable. Oh, I par- see. Parking I see. in some cities is pretty expensive, depending on you know what the event is. Or Yeah, no, you're right. I, I didn't catch that. Yeah, driving himself, which is, I don't know. I, I That makes total sense. I hadn't really mm-hmm. considered that either. Yeah, the surprising part to me was that the driver wasn't from that city. I understood that Uber drivers had, I mean, one of the requirements was that they had to know the city. You know, they had to be from the city. So, I'm fairly certain they don't really have a strict testing process for that, though, <laughs> as we're hearing a lot of problems with Uber drivers. It's becoming more apparent, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, yeah, sure. I have Google Maps. I'm from this area. I can get around. What am I doing in Storage Wars? <laughs> I just want McDonald's. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to hear of anyone out there hiring an Uber driver to take them to McDonald's. That joke is this two isn't years the Conan old, show. That happened two years ago, didn't it? Yeah, it was two year, almost exactly two years ago. It was our first time down to the Podcast Awards. Google Maps has gotten a lot better, thankfully. They have. Gotten a lot better. Um, so thank you, David. I do appreciate that. No one commented on anything else. I'm going to chalk this up to the fact that no one listened to us over the Christmas holiday. I'm going to chalk it up for to David. The, I'm chalking it up to the fact that we just weren't offensive enough. <laughs> See, I would, I, I would like to think that it was simply that everyone else was preoccupied and not that they didn't listen to us because they didn't want to, but only because my, my fragile psyche can't handle any other thing. <laughs> Yeah. Love us. I, I, I'm thinking here, challenge accepted. <laughs> Great. So <laughs> let's get started with the racism straight into North Korea. <laughs> okay, so this is kind of funny, but um, quick recap, quickest of recaps, because unless you've been in a barn for the last, I don't know, a few months, you know about what's been happening with North Korean Sony. Even um, barns have internet nowadays. Yeah. A non-Wi-Fi enabled barn. <laughs> Okay, so like a BlackBerry one. Um, <laughs> get it? A BlackBerry farm? Because uh-huh. it's fruit? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I approve. <laughs> that was such a bad pun, but I approve. Put a BlackBerry I'm and really, North Korea in the same sentence. <laughs> I'm really stretching here. That was more offensive than anything I said last week about North Korea. So um, North Korea threatened terroristic actions if... Uh, if the interview, a Sony picture by Seth Rogen and James Franco, was allowed to be released. Uh, this movie is about two journalists who are granted an interview in North Korea and are hired by the CIA to assassinate Kim Jong-un. Well, about the same day that... Uh, so Sony decided to pull the movie from its theatrical release, but certain independent theaters got approval to show it instead. And on one day, and I think this was Christmas Eve, actually, they announced Google will be streaming the movie. So you can now watch it online anywhere you are. You know, you could rent it from the Google Play Store. And at this, about the same time they announced that, the internet in North Korea went entirely offline. Like, totally. All now, okay. <laughs> well, yeah, here's the easy joke to make, okay? Well, it's a 56K dial-up. Probably someone left the phone up off the hook and it ruined it, you know? Maybe there was a call coming in or a fax and it ruined their internet connection. I was going to go with the guys on the treadmill started to slow down got shot as punishment and they weren't able to switch them out quickly enough it's like the hot spare (laughs) network redundancy has a different definition in north korea (laughs) it takes sleeping shifts (laughs) there it just means they have a spare family ready to jump on the treadmill um but no in truth they do have four networks four isps that handle internet traffic for the country all four of those are actually maintained through china which makes sense. China's their only real ally. Um, but the Chinese have said they don't know why it went offline themselves. Um, America has not said anything. But it happens right after Obama saying that they we will deal with North Korea in our own time and in our own way. A proportional response. A proportional response, yes. Now, okay, so time to throw on the uh, the tinfoil hats, okay? Let's, let's go here. Theory one. North Korea took down their service on their own to make sure that no one could try and get the movie 
through the firewalls. Possible. possible. Right? Unlikely, sure. since they don't have power to the majority of the country, however. Right, right. I, I mean, that's true. They're probably less likely to have a, a rogue network going there, or maybe they're more likely, honestly. Okay, so option two. Uh, China knew that North Korea was about to do something dumb and blocked them off at the source to keep them from doing it. Because even though China is their ally, um, they've repeatedly um, tried to keep trying to rein North Korea in. You know, look, I, I know you're on the crazy boat, and that's great, but we need you to be less crazy on the boat, okay? You're kind of upsetting the ship here. <laughs> so it's a possibility. So what what I'm, are your thoughts? What, what would they do that would require them to have a network connection, though, like that, an internet connection? I mean, are there... Are there missiles tied to the internet? Because I'm thinking like <laughs> I'm thinking like tin cans and string here, man. Uh, knowing their t- level of technology, maybe <laughs> we tried to launch more than one missile, but unfortunately, we're using the freeware version that only allows us to launch one <laughs> missile a day for sixty days. After that, we have to pay. We tried doing the calendar hack where we set the date twenty years in the future, but it just didn't work. The imperial engineers have gotten too smart. <laughs> uh. But yeah, I'm thinking like tin cans and string. I can imagine them having like really anything tied to the internet of any sort of importance. So so what if their network gets taken down? Glorious Supreme Leader is pleased to announce the first Trans-Pacific string and tin can line. <laughs> I mean, was was Kim Jong Un? Was that right? Un. Did he, I mean, was he like going to overdose on Brazzers or something? I mean, <laughs> we love Glorious Leader, but I swear he opens 50 tabs at once every <laughs> single time. <laughs> yeah, it could have been an inside job. His own IT could have just like replaced his browser with a static screen and say, nope, see, internet's fine. Don't go online at all today, please. Please, don't. we don't need you to kill all of us. Theory number three, it was a U.S. attack. Now, I actually put less credibility on this because, like I said before, therefore ISPs are all handled through China's network. And even if North Korea isn't capable of seeing who it was that attacked them, China is. You know, it, it would basically mean going up against the Chinese cyber group and i don't think the u.s would do that we go up against them constantly though china is constantly attacking u.s interests we're not going up against them though we're trying to defend from them and that's the difference we know it's them that's attacking yes so if we tried to attack them wouldn't they know it's us i would think so but is it one of those things where oh well we got them yesterday they got us today ha ha let's all try again tomorrow you know i don't think so china has a tendency to make these things public and and boo-hoo about it a whole lot like they're the victim <laughs> they're quite the martyr complex going on over there um and again these are all theories these are theories that i've just made up like in the last half hour i came up with these yeah i, I find it more likely that um it would be option one like north korea does they don't want people seeing the interview so upon hearing about the release they're like uh-uh nope we don't want anyone here seeing it so here's an added thing an added stone in that basket the last word anyone in North Korea had was that Glorious Leader had successfully gotten Sony to cancel the release of the movie. Right? And then suddenly, nope, Sony's going to release it after all. Well, let's not let anyone know about that. Cut off access. That way, the last marching, the last thing anyone knows is that movie doesn't exist now. Yeah. Just, 
again, just speculating. Again, there's also uh, conspiracy theories that the Sony hack and everything leading up to the release of the interview was a huge publicity stunt put off by Sony. So They knew that. that well, and there's... Okay, that'll be option four. We'll mm. call that option four because um, a lot of people went to see the interview and a lot of them said flat out that they hadn't been planning on it, but now they almost felt obligated to see it as part of an American duty. Yeah, a lot of people bought it from Google Play for the fourteen ninety nine, and I saw a lot of comments uh, to to the interview saying that I I'm not going to watch this. I just bought it just to be patriotic. So nothing's more patriotic than giving your money to a Japanese company. Right? Go America. <laughs> so I mean, like, yeah. It worked. If if it is a PR stunt, it worked. They're they're getting their money, whether or not people are watching it. So, I find it interesting though too, because it's not getting very good reviews. Oh, we knew it wouldn't. We knew it was going to stink on ice. I mean, remember this is the end. It was another. (laughs) It was another Seth Rogen, James Franco movie about Armageddon happening about about the the end end of of days. Yeah, Uh, yeah. This is the end, and um, it was horrible. It got horrible reviews. Can I just say, I don't understand what America's fascination with James Franco is. <laughs> Everybody thinks he is just the most amazing, talented actor that has ever walked the face of the earth. The I don't guy, think anyone thinks that anymore. Not since the Oscars. The guy always seems baked out of his mind to me. And I don't think he's that great of an actor. And when he smiles, his whole face like wrinkles up like a catcher's mitt. What the heck? <laughs> Um, I the thing is is like I don't I don't think he was even baked when he made the Spider Man movies and I hated him in that too. Yeah, I don't I do not like him and America. He's like I, I America. Think you're suffering under some kind of delusion. I don't think America likes him either. As he is evidenced by nobody going to see his movies. Well, and what's funny is I had a friend who went and saw the interview, and she said flat out, Team America World Police was far more insulting to North Korea. <laughs> Which, by the way, I hope everyone liked the outro music for last week's episode. You know, interestingly enough, when all this was coming to light about the Sony hack and the interview not being shown and whatnot, it, Team America World Police actually sold out on Amazon. <laughs> What's really great is, I, you know, there's that famous quote of which we put the song up, I'm So Ronery. My mom emails me, Zook, I think you need to spell check your posts a little bit better. You misspelled Henri. It's like, no, Mom, I spelled it entirely correct. It was fully accurate. Listen to the episode. Is that really how you spell Ronery, though? I looked it up. That's the track name. That's the tra- name of the track, yeah. Nice. Okay, so you I got the English. I actually misspelled it at first. I had to redo it. So you got the English down. Yeah. It's okay. Listen, I've been translating English my entire life. Uh, so, of course, Sony did release the interview online, and that didn't really stop the interview from going like gangbusters on torrent sites. In fact, a particular torrent site came out of retirement just for this. If you go to the piratebay.se right now, it's back up. It's only one site. It has a pirate flag flying with a cartoon version of Kim Jong-un on it and a countdown ticker. And it's like 17 days and like 20 hours or something like right now. And I don't know what it's counting down to. Maybe this is the only time it's online. But then there's an encrypted hash along the bottom. And if you decrypt the hash, it actually points you to torrents for the interview. (laughs) Which is kind of awesome. Um, So far, as of last night, uh, uh, Christmas night, um, there's already been 200,000 downloads of the torrent of the movie. So again, 
And I've said this before. It's like, curse you, North Korea, for turning a movie no one wanted made and no one wanted to see into almost like this obligatory, you must watch this one way or another if you, to prove you're an American. <laughs> see, that's why I think it's Sony <laughs> behind it. <laughs> that's the only way that this is the only way we're going to have people watch our movie. So let's pull you know, this huge stunt. <laughs> that would be a perfect conspiracy theory, except for the fact that Sony took a lot of damage in this. Their reputation was... with actors. And, yeah, within Hollywood, Sony has managed to turn this from being the victims of a cyber attack into being the bad guys. And to make it worse, Sony has threatened to sue Twitter because Twitter has tweets containing hacked emails. Now, just to be just to be clear here, the hacks by whoever they think it's North Korea got put up into Pastebin or onto other sites. People went and pulled that information that is publicly available and tweeted about it, as people do. Sony wants to now sue Twitter because Twitter allows people to tweet whatever they want. <laughs> you know, I find it interesting that for a industry that basically makes its living off freedom of speech, they sure don't like it that much. Yeah. Well, and what's funny is the fact that Sony also already threatened to sue uh, news agencies. It's like, mm-hmm. do you not understand how the Internet works? Damage done. Just because you shut Twitter up or shut up news agencies doesn't mean that no one knows this happened. And what's worse is the fact that the very fact that you try and sue Twitter, which is kind of, quote unquote, the people's voice of the Internet. I mean, it could only go worse if they tried to sue Reddit. Oh, that would end very horribly. I mean, why don't we sue 4chan while we're at it? (laughs) (laughs) Screw you, funny junk. I thought 4chan was Reddit. (laughs) Almost. No, I think 4chan is one of the Reddit, um, like, founder people's names yeah it might be in in any case like there's no faster way it might be oh my gosh i hope you weren't serious there okay yeah it might be by the way i'm trying to become a professional journalist (laughs) what's this interwebs thing anyway kim.com is that an address (laughs) Ooh, don't go to that one Anyway, right now I'm curious. <laughs> there is no faster way to prove you're the bad guy than trying to sue what's popular. You know, you just don't do that. Or if you do do it, you you be you're a little more subtle about it. Probably one of the reasons, however, that Sony is kind of panicking, and this segues into our next headline, is that it came to light, uh, and we talked about this last week, that. They're, the MPAA and Sony are trying to find ways to circumvent Google uh, and take down DNS servers from file sharing sites in kind of a SOPA PIPA sort of way. Well, it also came to light that they've been paying off the Mississippi Attorney General to investigate Google uh, for this very reason, trying to put you know legal pressure on it. Now, why the Mississippi Attorney General? I don't know. And the article doesn't really say why him. It could be that he's the only one who got paid off or the only one who accepted a bribe. I don't think Google has any real vested interest in the state of Mississippi, do they? There's no landmark case going on there. Do they have fiber there yet? I have no idea. (laughs) To be perfectly fair, Mississippi is kind of like our own North Korea. Well, I was going to say, and by by fiber in Mississippi, I mean string and tin cans. (laughs) With the Google logo on them. They have, t- they have tons of roughage there. Fishing line fiber. <laughs> I got fiber. It's, 
called my belt, boy. Um, oh, that, that was a little bit too racist. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> you know it's bad when I take a step back and go, yeah, no, I shouldn't have said that. Um, See, but I didn't say that, so I think you're still good because that line that I wouldn't cross, it doesn't exist. So White guilt means you have a different line than I do. I can get away with a lot more. <laughs> so anyway... In light of the emails that have been leaked, everyone now knows that this attorney general got paid off, and he kind of decided to drop the investigation. Maybe maybe he won't investigate Google after all. And Google's like, oh, thanks for that. I appreciate it. Simple, simple done there. I hate to say it, but it almost feels like the Guardians of Peace did everyone a favor. I just think it's kind of funny that the Guardians of Peace, the GOP... <laughs> Another evil organization. They both suck. With improper spelling. Yeah, they both suck. So, Granted, the American GOP has problems conversational Korean as well. Did you say conversating? Conversationing? Conversational Korean. Okay. And English, evidently. Um, hey, talking about hackers, why not? This is the hacked episode. A lot of people had a very, very rough Christmas here in America when um, Lizard Squad, which sounds like it should be a Sobe drink, uh, took down Xbox Live and the PlayStation Network on Christmas. Yeah, that's kind of grinchy of them. It's incredibly grinchy. I mean, it's it's a brilliant time to do it because when are people going to be online? When they don't want to be when they got a new game or game system, and when they don't want to be interacting with their family. So, Christmas. Just saying. <laughs> Just sit in your brand new pajamas all day and not play Xbox because it was hacked. Just yeah, keep since, pressing S5 on the Xbox Live status screen. Since all the games I got were digital download, that meant I couldn't download them until today. <laughs> so Yeah, um, Colin had that issue as well. Um, he posted on Facebook that he was not a happy boy. Xbox Live came back online. Um, PlayStation Network, I believe, is still down, at least uh, when I last looked at this headline. Yeah. Maybe. Um, yeah. Not great. Not great at all. In fact, um, so bad. Whoa. And I just screwed up the uh, the show notes here. Uh, Kim.com uh, has decided to call off the hacker, saying, no, you can't do this anymore. Uh, and again, it wasn't anything really huge. It was just a widespread DDoS, which we've talked about plenty of times here. It's like the go-to in the hacker's playbook, it seems. Uh, anyway, he says that um, you guys need to stop that. You, we, I'll, I'll personally pay for vouchers for anyone who lost time. And Lizard Squad goes ahead and tweets, Thanks, Kim.com, for the vouchers. You're the reason we stopped the attacks. And America wants to put this man in jail. <laughs> he just, I don't. He, he's like, He's like Scrooge at the end of at the end of a Christmas story, where he just saved Christmas for all these little nerds with their games. Really? Because I thought he was like at the end of a Christmas story that he's the biggest goose in the, in the store window. I said, well, I was kind of thinking Ghost of, or Ghost of Christmas Present because that's like the big fat dude that like just wants to eat all the time. You know, it is kind of a sad state of our culture that our line between the actual Charles Dickens Christmas story and Mickey's Christmas Carol, you don't know which one is which. Was he in the book like that, or is that just with Uncle Scrooge? I, I think he was. Okay. It's also that way, though, in Muppet Christmas Carol. Oh, well, hey, that's mm-hmm. culture right there. Yes. So, And that, let's face it, 
that is the definitive, even more so than the book by Dickens. That is, you the haven't definitive. read the original Dickens until you've seen it done in <laughs> Muppet form. <laughs> Shakespeare's the same way. Gonzo doing Hamlet blew my mind. That's a Hamlet I would actually watch. Oh boy, Yorick. Mm. All right. Um, well, Lizard Squad is not done. Uh, they've evidently just... I, I think one of the main reasons why the networks came back up is because they, frankly, just stopped trying to hack them and has now instead taken on Tor. Uh, we talked about Tor a bit. It's an anonymizing network uh, originally designed by the Navy for security reasons. Uh, a lot of things happen on Tor, and um, no one really knows all of them because... <laughs> yeah, Silk Road, Silk Road 2. Well, Tors use... Um, relay points across the well, across the world to route your traffic through suddenly in the last 24 hours the number of of anonymizing relays has like doubled it's just shot through the roof and all of them seem to be run by lizard squad well why is that a reason to worry well the see the problem is is that when it starts to bounce the same traffic through the different relays in a way, the relays are then able to triangulate where that signal came from. Much the same way that if you put up a bunch of different radios and listen to a signal strength, you can use that to kind of triangulate where a transmitter is. This makes and, an anonymous internet not so anonymous anymore. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, they say they're doing this because the Tor network is, quote, only used by hackers, mix, miscreants, and pedophiles. End quote. They may not be wrong. <laughs> but... Anyone else think it's kind of weird that a hacker group is taking down a tool used by hackers? I, I really know. wonder their motivation for all this. I mean, regardless of what they say it is, why would they... I mean, it's it's like they're feasting upon their own. On Christmas, no less. On Christmas, yes. I mean, it's one thing to try and take down Sony for putting out a movie that is going to be horrible and portrays the benevolent leader as being assassinated. However, it's another thing to go up against the geeks and nerds of the world when you are one of the geeks and nerds of the world. <laughs> yeah. Either way, as long as I can play on Xbox Live, I'm okay with it. <laughs> well, fine. Well, hey, let's talk about, uh, this isn't even the show notes, but this is the year-end episode. Let's talk about video games in 2014. Shall we? Sure. All right. Um, considering I'm just now looking this up, CNBC has actually acquired uh, the top 10 best-selling video games so far of 2014. Any get guesses on uh, what your favorites are that's going to end up on this list? Black Flag. Black Flag, okay. Zoner? Um, is Arkham Origins, did that come out this year or was that last? That was last, that was year. last year. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I'm, I'm going to go with... Um, Civilization Beyond Earth. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Okay, number 10, Lego Marvel Superheroes. Okay, yeah. Evidently, people loved it. It sold like crazy. Uh, number nine, and this is kind of confusing for me. Not confusing, but surprising, I should say. Infamous Second Son. Okay. I didn't think it did that well. I didn't hear anything about it past a couple commercials, but evidently uh, it sold one million copies in just nine days. Which is kind of crazy. Number eight. Oh, Schmidty's right. Assassin's Creed four, Black four, Flag. Black Flag. Yep. Um, yeah. Uh, they they t they fine tuned the controls. They tightened it up a bit. They got an awesome uh, advertising deal with Epic Rap Battles of History. Yep. <laughs> uh, number seven, Grand Theft Auto five. Yeah. 
Now, what's crazy is the fact that that actually launched September of 2013, but continued to be sold in such high numbers that it's still in the top 10 of this year. Well, technically, it was released in 2014 as well for the Xbox One and PlayStation 4. That's a good point. So far, it's sold more than 33 million units. Wow. Uh, Number six shouldn't be surprising. Um, Minecraft. Yeah. (laughs) Which technically also isn't a 2014 release, but they've had so many updates during, well, I think three updates for the consoles during 2014, so I think they can count that. Yeah. um, In fact, it's it's sold so many this last year, it actually beat out Disney Infinity. (laughs) That's not surprising. I think that's pretty crazy, actually. We were talking about that before the show, though, Zook, and I just, I don't understand Disney Infinity's appeal. It's because you're old. It's okay. It, you slap Disney on it, and it sells like gangbusters, and everybody says it's the best thing ever, but it's okay, I guess. Skylanders mm. is still better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Personal choice. <laughs> I, I like Skylanders. I'm a Skylander fan. Uh, number five, Battlefield. No real surprise there. I mean, there's really nothing else I can even say. It's just not a surprise. Um, number four, the Lego movie video game, the video game adaptation of a movie adaptation of a video game franchise of a toy line. That hurt my head. (laughs) (laughs) And one of those adaptations you may be confused about, but really the only reason the the Lego movie got greenlit is because all the Lego video games have been doing so well. Yeah. You know, but uh, yeah, this was the biggest movie of the year for quite a while, uh, and it was right up there with uh, with Captain America: The Winter Soldier for a long time. And it told us that Chris Pratt was going to be awesome. <laughs> uh, number three, NBA Two K fourteen. For people team. who can't play real sports ball, there's always <laughs> virtual <laughs> sports ball. <laughs> Maybe this is just me, but really the only people I know of that play sports video games are people who used to play actual sports in high school but don't have the energy anymore. Hmm. Well, see, that's inter- interesting because the sport I played, um, well, not in high school, but throughout my childhood was soccer. Uh, but I don't like playing soccer video games. I, I enjoy tennis, which is really um, striking to people when I tell them that. But... And Especially never, if it's on the Wii, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I play Top Spin on, on Xbox, and I, I've never played tennis in real life. I, I play ping pong, but it's not the same. So uh, there are some people that, that um, I guess like me, who didn't play the sport in high school or college, but enjoy playing it on, on the console. So, See, and I was a championship swimmer, and that doesn't really translate well into, into video games. No. Stroke, 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 stroke. Spin. Like, <laughs> breathe. 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 I think, we call it, I think we call it Echo the Dolphin. <laughs> Echo. Uh, Echo wow. the I hate that game so much. Everyone hates so that awesome. game. Even Schmitty now hates that game. <laughs> okay, number two, Call of Duty Ghosts. I forgot this came out this year. I thought it was last year, but yeah, it was this Don't year. Don't they come out like every year, though? Call of well, Duty and well, yeah, but this is Call of Duty Ghosts. Uh, the the newest one is Advanced. Uh, or, yeah, Advanced Warfare. No, isn't this Advanced Warfare Ghosts? No, <laughs> this is just Ghosts. <laughs> they get kind of confusing. Call of Duty Medal of Honor, Advanced Warfare Ghosts. 
Triple Rage. <laughs> World of Ghosts Warfare. Uh, and number one, and this is kind of surprising because I thought this was kind of a flash in the pan. I mean, I was super excited about when it was launched. The teaser trailer just had me drooling. Titanfall? I mean, Titanfall. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because, and a lot of people complain about this, it's online only. It's multiplayer only. There is no single player campaign. And it seemed like a lot of people who played it played it like crazy for a few weeks and then stopped. But evidently, that doesn't translate into the numbers. They estimate more than 65% of Xbox One owners in the U.S. have Titanfall. Yeah, I just barely downloaded it today because I couldn't download it yesterday. <laughs> oh, I have it on my PC through Steam. So, I mean, yeah. Cool. They need more games like that. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I burned enough time with that, right? <laughs> We call it vamping, people. It works. Um, okay, into some other news. Uh, this one's kind of funny. We briefly talked about, briefly, briefly talked about last week of a security um, vulnerability that had been discovered and was just taking across the web. All web servers out there had to be updated very, very fast. Well, um, evidently it was such a big vulnerability that Apple was forced to do something they have never done before in the history of the company. An automatic update. If you're not an Apple user, you're probably a little confused by this because Windows automatically installs updates for you all the time. But Apple, OS X, has no such issue. They can do an automatic update. They just never have. In fact, oftentimes, if you're like most Apple users, and this isn't a knock on Apple users because if it wasn't automatic for Windows users, they'd be in the same boat. But if you go to your friend's iMac or their MacBook Pro or whatever and you go to System Update, you're immediately bombarded with like four pages of updates because they've never done it in the last two years. Okay. And again, this is not a knock on Apple users because Windows users would probably be in the same boat if it wasn't a forced automatic thing. Well, evidently, Apple put this update that fixes this vulnerability out there and said, and advised owners, please update as soon as possible. And then about 10 minutes later said, eh, you know what? No. <laughs> and forced it and forced all Macs that were connected to the internet to immediately install the update and restart. <laughs> well, that's a good thing because it's a big, uh, it's a big security hole. Uh, well, can, can you explain it? I, you know, I, I don't know all the, uh, all the details, uh, the nitty gritty details, but I do know that it allows uh, bots and worms to. Uh, it, it basically, it's basically a backdoor into a Unix-based system, OS X included, because it's it's BSD Linux, um, and. Uh, I mean, it, while it doesn't give the attacker a lot of access, it does allow them to DDoS the system, making your computer essentially inoperable. So, it, it'll. And here's the problem: so many of these updates, sorry, so many of these vulnerabilities are discovered, and they all use similar wording. That it, it honestly gets kind of hard to keep them separate in your head, you know. But I thought this was one that also allowed you to allows other people to remotely execute stuff on your computer without you knowing. Or am I thinking of another one? Because there's no, no, been a lot. No, of you're right. The 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 code um, that it can run is uh, is code that's put into uh, a stack buffer. Uh, stuff in the stack buffer isn't necessarily uh, commands that that can necessarily do any harm, but they can put the CPU through such uh, rigorous computations that it just brings your computer to a halt. So in essence, it is uh, like a DDoS attack, but it's not going to. It, it's not. It's not going to do any uh, damage to your computer in the sense that 
like a virus would. But it will cause your CPU to just run for no reason until you have to turn your computer off. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it, it's malicious in the sense that you can't use your laptop. <laughs> but oh, okay. that, that seems kind of malicious. Um, but I mean, it, it, as far as the fix itself goes, it's, you know, unplugging your computer or you know disconnecting it from the internet. So wh- while it sounds, I mean, it's yeah. I don't know where to go. While it sounds malicious, it's not like the be-all, end-all of viruses. So, You know, one of the dudes from um, Kaspersky uh, said that the software is installed on everything from consumer gadgets to critical infrastructure. It's possible to execute malicious code on both servers and clients, a dream situation for worms, which can spread very quickly by compromising servers and then all their clients. That's... Yeah. I, I can see why Apple pushed that update automatically to try and, and they should probably do that a little more often because, you know. Well, I was just going to ask that because if you think about it, Apple doesn't do that on any of their devices. You know, there's your mm-hmm. friend with the iPhone and unless they're tech savvy, their iPhone is like th- two versions old. And I don't mean hardware. I mean, they haven't updated iOS for two versions. Oh, yeah, I've just never gotten around to it. I'm worried about losing my music. Whereas Windows updates, even for phones, and Android updates are kind of like, hey, new version downloaded. Click here to reboot and update. It, it doesn't yeah. really make it optional. Yeah. Now, which is surprising to me because Apple, in their ecosystem, they have such control over everything. I would think that updates and security would be something that they would want to have, especially have control over. Well, yeah. Well, that's why they enabled automatic updates uh, in uh, Yosemite, I think it was. Oh, no, Mavericks was the first... Uh, OS OS with I can't even speak. Yeah, Mavericks was the first OS X, X version to have to have automatic updates, but they've never had to use it or never found a reason to use it. But that's until. still kind of recent. I mean, Mavericks was only a few years ago. Yeah. And what's the point of having it if you don't use it? <laughs> that's a good point. Maybe they, maybe they see a reason to to start using it more often now. I don't know. And, you know, and, when, and there's something it, to be said about not forcing updates for everything, okay? Because some updates break things, but we're talking critical level updates, like Win- iOS eight. Windows has had that ability <laughs> for since uh, Windows 2000, NT five, basically. So for the last 14 years, they've had that ability. Yeah, and it just seems it seems kind of odd. Well, and for a while, Windows only automatically updated security updates. Everything else, you had to go into um, you know, Windows Update to get the rest of them. Uh, until now, Windows 8 and 8.1 uh, have pushed everything automatically. But you know, for, for a long time, they only automatically pushed security updates. Um, so I, I can see Apple ca- maybe going that route because, that's, because security updates are, are important. <laughs> I think so. You know how when you show up at the office and it's cold and flu season and everybody is considerate enough to where if they're feeling ill, they stay home. But there's always that one dude that's like, I don't know, the plague horseman of the apocalypse. <laughs> that's, they're sneezing on everything and snotty tissues all over the office and stuff. Typically, it's the one with the most kids. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because let's face it, they're like petri dishes. He's either a um, workaholic or wants to get away from the kids. <laughs> but, you know, he does nothing good for the office. When you have computers on the internet that are like that, where if they were a person, you'd want to shoot them in the face to put them out of their misery, you know, 
they don't do anything good for the internet. And it's like, like XP not, users. Yeah, but like <laughs> it or not, Macs get viruses too, mm-hmm. and so you don't want them being the plague horsemen of the apocalypse that you want to shoot in the face. So I see no problem with forcing security updates automatically by Apple. They've got the capability. They should just do it. Microsoft does it. You know, yeah, you could say, well, just don't get viruses. But I mean, this is a vulnerability that everybody had for years and nobody knew about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and this is, and that's, that's the key here is that don't get viruses. Well, that's easy to say. Guess what? I don't have viruses on my computer and I haven't for the last 13 years. And the last one I did is because I knowingly did something stupid, but this isn't a virus. This is a vulnerability. This is something that had nothing to do with me. I didn't put this vulnerability into the system. The vulnerability exactly. was already there. Exactly. And Mac users can claim all they want that their system doesn't get viruses, but that's not what's at stake here. It's a vulnerability, and it's a fundamental one that they inherited from using Unix as the base. And it's no one's fault. It just is what it is. So, I don't know. I think we've, I think we've ranted on that enough, but... No, let's still. rant some more. <laughs> <laughs> let's anyway. rant about the FCC. That's easy to do. So you remember, what was it, a few months ago when the FCC opened up the comment board saying, America, we want to hear your thoughts on net neutrality. We want to hear, do you think it's a good idea, bad idea? Are you for it or against it? And the results came back kind of surprising that most Americans actually didn't care about net neutrality. In fact, they were actually for the Internet fast lanes. That seemed odd. That's surprising to me. Yeah, it's very surprising. to show that a lot of people don't understand the whole net neutrality issue. Well, it also turns out that the FCC failed to count 680,000 comments left in the system, possibly skewing the results slightly. A little bit. <laughs> just, just, just slightly. Um, it's kind of funny. It's like I, I understand the idea of transparency in government, okay? But if you were the person in charge of this, wouldn't you have worded it just slightly differently to make it you not sound so incompetent? We decided to look back through the numbers again, and it seems that uh, there was actually overwhelming support for net neutrality. We simply misdid the numbers the first time or, or, or something. Not, oh, hey, we lost over half a million of the ballots. <laughs> yeah. Well, there That's were, like, I think, two and a half million yeah, so it's not like no, it's not a huge amount, but a, a it's good one of it. sixth of it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's eighteen percent. It's enough to sway a presidential election. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's kind of kind of scary. Um, what's really strange, and again, conspiracy theories go nuts here, is that it seems that most, uh, nearly all of the comments that uh, were not logged correctly are the ones that are pro net neutrality. Interesting. Like, again, in case you've not kept track, you are in. You are for net neutrality. I'm just telling you. I'm making that decision for you. Now, you know what's what's interesting to me is most people that I talk to that say they're against net neutrality. Once I explain it to them, they then become for net neutrality. Most most people that are against it just don't understand it, and and once you understand it, most people sway for it so i mean it's it's just a it's it's an educational thing mm-hmm. if you don't understand what we're talking about go go read up on net neutrality it's it's important. Well, well john oliver had a great uh you know the the british 
news slash comedian guy. He has a he has a show on HBO last week with John Oliver, and he had a great point about net neutrality and why so many people are so misinformed about it because it's boring. Yeah, like, like, you know, they, they had and he, he aired like this little 30 second clip of C-SPAN covering the talks about net neutrality with the FCC. And he's like, that is horribly boring, even by C-SPAN standards. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I mean, it's so boring. No one wants to pay attention to it. And as a result, everyone just kind of assumes. You remember a couple of years ago in Proposition 8, was it uh, in California? If you. It suffered the same problems. It was about something entirely different. It was about gay marriage. But it suffered the problem that vote for Prop 8 if you're against gay marriage. Yeah. And that kind of really confusing wording led to a lot of people who were for gay marriage voting against it. And a lot of people who were against gay marriage voting for it. (laughs) But they all balanced each other out, so it's okay, (laughs) man. You hope, you you think. But I think it's the same problem with net neutrality. A lot of people who are for it, it, it doesn't sound right. You know, if you give them just a quick brief one-line synopsis, it's really easy to screw that up. And they don't think they're for it when in truth they're 100% for it. Yeah. Now, I, I have mixed feelings on net neutrality. Cause, mostly because it's the libertarian in me. I just don't want the government doing anything. I yeah. just so so you're for net neutrality. <laughs> so, just, I, I so that's the thing. I mean, stay it, away. to be for net neutrality, just all it means it, net neutrality in its purest forms means that we have the internet the same way it existed 20 years ago, yes. where but, data goes over the line, data comes through the line, no matter where it's coming from or who it's going to, it comes over the same way all the other data does. But when you get the government involved in that, well, yeah, there's nothing pure. I mean, you could have the most pure diamond and give it to the government, and it's going to look like, I don't know, a piece of crap by the time they get done with it. At least it. a few fingerprint smudges on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be like that little kid with the snotty nose and the sucker sticky hands just now, getting all over it. Now, I want to I, I bring up here, uh, this. we're getting this information as well from the Washington Post, and the last couple paragraphs really sum up how this screw-up happened. Um Okay, so in this, and I'm quoting here from the article, in this, the age of data, how did the situation get quite so messy? In a large part, it's due to a web-based system for capturing comments that was built during the Clinton administration and hardly updated since. Quote, we think it's important that people understand that much of the confusion stems from the fact that the commission has an 18-year-old electronic comment filing system, which was not built to handle this unprecedented volume of comments, nor initially designed to export comments via XML. That's scary. This forced the commission's information technology team to cobble solutions together MacGyver style. (laughs) End quote. In the hopes of making such dramatic measures unnecessary in the future, the FCC has asked Congress for more funding to upgrade the electronic comment filing system. It has not yet received it. (laughs) And that right there is the problem with everything when the government is involved with the tech world. They want to enact laws about it that they don't understand, and they don't want to pay the money for us to actually use it correctly. <laughs> Just saying. Hey, you know what else the government screws up with when it comes to technology? How, spying. How about, yeah, the spying, the NSA. Um, released Christmas Eve as part of a Freedom of Information Act request by the uh, UC, the ACLU, not UCLA. It's really confusing. They have the same letters. <laughs> one's a college in Southern California. One's some group that 
irritates the crap out of me. Yeah, well, that's you. Um, so <laughs> I have rage issues. <laughs> this confuses me. Again, I'm happy they did it, but it's kind of like the FCC thing. Why would you admit this? So the NSA responded to a, um, a request and released a series of required quarterly and annual reports that they do to the president's intelligence oversight board, uh, covering the dates between 2001 to the second quarter of 2013. And in it, they highlight themselves plenty of times when they have broken the law by spying on overseas Americans or people who weren't of interest or people who they didn't even have their top secret warranties warrants for warranties. We've talked about the secret courts, the secret warrants, all that different stuff. These are times when they've monitored people when they didn't even have warrants for them. Many times, purely by accident. <laughs> Oops. Um, there was one in 2012, uh, an NSA analyst searched her spouse's personal telephone directory without his knowledge to obtain names and telephone numbers for targeting. Uh, she was advised to cease her activities. What Oops. was she going to target? Like, send him invites for a surprise birthday party? <laughs> Uh, last year, an analyst, quote-unquote, mistakenly requested the surveillance of his own identifier instead of the one that was assigned to a foreign intelligence target. He told the NSA <laughs> to track himself. It seems like many of the cases here were a matter of complete human error and not intentional misconduct. Okay, um, this is going to seem like it's unrelated, but you ha have you guys ever had to call the credit bureau? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. We have three different credit bureaus, you know, Experian, TransUnion, and Equifax. Um, and I'm sure there's a bunch of minor ones that all report to them. But the idea is, is that everything you do financially ends up on your credit report. And these omnipotent credit agencies hold control over all of that. And so, okay, something's wrong on your credit report and you need to repair it. You need to get it off there to fix it because it's keeping you from getting a car loan or it's making your mortgage messier or whatever. And you call and you expect to get someone at least semi-competent. Who can help you? I mean, after all, this is your credit score. This is your livelihood at stake here. And you get someone who you're pretty sure is sitting in a call center getting paid minimum wage who doesn't have half a clue what they're doing. <laughs> and these are the people in charge of your credit report. This is kind of sounding like what the NSA is. <laughs> it's like, let me get this straight. You got fired from Convergence for smoking too much weed in the break room, so you got hired at the NSA instead? Free weed, man. <laughs> I would, <laughs> I would expect some level of competence at this. At the very least, the ability to recognize that, hey, the 12345 code I just typed in is not correct. <laughs> <laughs> that seems a lot like my name I just entered into the system. Hmm. <laughs> if, if that's not the scariest thing to pull from this, I don't know what is. That's, it's actually terrifying, and it's another reason that I don't trust the government. <laughs> so there you have it. So all you listeners out there who think that Zoner's just some wacky tinfoil-wearing freak. Well, you yeah, are. I, I, I'll give you that. However, I have reasons, and this is one of them. I mean, our last two stories just illustrate how inept and how incompetent our government is. And these are the people that we want managing our health care. <laughs> I'll just leave that out there. They can't deliver my mail on time. They oh. can't spy on me appropriately. Did we skip the uh, PlayStation game? PlayStation now coming to non-Sony devices? We did. 
That's my bad. That's that's big. Okay, we were so. just talking about PlayStation Two, man. That was like perfect segue. I know. Okay, reverse so sausage. Fail. Reverse sausage. Sausage backwards. <laughs> um, <laughs> that sounds so dirty. <laughs> Very difficult to pull off. <laughs> or out. It has, it has a, a nine out of ten uh, difficulty rating, according to maximum. Um, anyway. Maxim, not maximum. So, <laughs> Sony did announce this week a really, really cool thing that may just make me a fan of the PlayStation all over again. Um, they're talking about making PlayStation services built into certain other devices. And I don't mean like the ability to view the PlayStation Network, you know, like Xbox Live does or to stream movies. We're talking actually play games on third party devices. Yeah. It'll be and, starting and with. Go ahead. Just like uh, these aren't like arcade games. These are full games, like Mass Effect, God of War, Final Fantasy. They're full-on games. So, yeah. now uh, the first ones will be coming out with the Samsung Smart TVs. And Samsung says PlayStation Now on Samsung TVs will offer quote all functionality of the service, including the ability to earn trophies, play games online, and save progress to the cloud. You'll need a DualShock Four controller sold separately to use the PlayStation Now on your Samsung TV. End quote. Is this just? Game streaming like OnLive used to do? Is that what we're looking at here? Yeah, it, it seems like it is. Uh, th- there will be a small um, footprint of storage uh, for the game to boot up. Um, so on your smart TV, it might take up maybe a gig or something per game. Um, but the rest of the game experience will be streaming. And uh, so it will, re- it will require a, a PC internet connection. Um but but yeah, it'll, it'll and they're they're starting with uh, I think 150 games in beta and looking to add more uh, throughout the year. So this is so cool. Yeah. This is so cool. And I think I'm I, with you Zuc, when you say that. I mean this this might sway me to uh, PlayStation over Xbox in the years to come. So I, I mean I love Xbox, but the reason I love Xbox has always been Xbox Live. Mm-hmm. You know, and Xbox Live in its original form uh, was something that Sony just couldn't emulate. They could not catch up. They didn't do anything right with PlayStation um, Home and PlayStation Now originally. But they're really starting to catch up in areas that I think it really matters. And part of me, and maybe this is just the Xbox fanboy, maybe, it's true, but I can't help but think that some of these features sound an awful lot like the ones that were originally announced for the Xbox One that everyone naysayed against and made microsoft take out of the system exactly yeah xbox had similar features to these um one being you know streaming games straight from the cloud Uh, so it it kind of begs the question is microsoft going to bring it back if this proves to be a success Um, the thing that's cool about playstation right now aside from sony being hacked recently is that (laughs) playstation now this announcement comes i think two or three weeks after that announcement that we saw about you being able to play games from your PlayStation onto a mobile device on the Xperia. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, they're just doing everything right as far as the console goes right now in in my book and uh, it can only get better, I think. And for $900, you can have one too. Exactly. <laughs> the Xperia yeah, they, and the PlayStation. <laughs> they just need to work on on the pricing now, Sony, seriously. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for for yeah, shouting out that we totally skipped that. My apologies cuz that's kind of cool. The yeah. future, we are there. Hey, let's talk a bit about the past. Our, our favorites this week um, are kind of more of our favorites for the year, because this is our year-end one, and we're not doing a review show like we often do, because we actually had news this week. My favorite for the year is Guardians of the Galaxy. 
I know, not really that original. But hear me out here, because when Marvel first said, hey, we're going to make an Iron Man movie, that sounds pretty cool. Hey, that did really well. We're going to make an Iron Man 2 movie. Well, of course you would. We're making Thor. Interesting. Okay, yeah, sure, we'll go with that. We're making Avengers. Wow, they're actually going to do it. Wow, that's ballsy. Oh, and it's good. Hey, we're going to make Guardians of the Galaxy. (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) What? (laughs) Are you kidding me? I knew who they were, only, you know, vaguely. One of the most obscure team ever in comics. Talking raccoons, walking trees, a god of death, who then becomes an angel of light, who then becomes a god of death again. Uh, A pre-programmed person who's created only to destroy an elder god. Oh, and a half-human person. What? (laughs) I mean, it is the most obscure, crazy storyline ever, and they're going to make a movie of this? But they did. And not only did they make a movie, it became a movie that was, for a while, the top grosser of the year, and I think ended the year as the second highest grosser, and really made sci-fi fun again. Um, I don't have to explain it, because according to the numbers, you've seen it, and you've probably seen it twice. Um, But if you haven't, you really owe it to yourself. I even got my wife to go see it. It is just a fun, fun movie, and it makes you actually love science fiction again. So that's my favorite. That's my oh, and I had a great soundtrack too. Oh yeah, good soundtrack. Uh, my favorite for the year, um, and bear with me here, uh, is Microsoft buying Mojang, the creator of Minecraft. Um, for a while, when we when the news of this first hit, uh, it was met with a lot of internet rage, a lot of confusion, um, thoughts that they were going to kill off Minecraft. But since then. Um, we've seen Minecraft release for Windows Phone, which Mojang could somehow never pull off, uh, whether it was out of decision or just couldn't. Um, and we've also seen two updates to the console versions of Minecraft, which now puts it pretty close to where the PC version is at. So Microsoft has done nothing but good things with the Mojang title, um, and we'll, I believe will continue to do so. So that that is my favorite for the year. Um, because Minecraft is one of my favorite games. So there you have it. Yeah, my favorite is kind of along the same vein as Zook's favorite. However, I'm going to go a little bit broader. This has been a really good year for comic book entertainment in general. We've got shows like The Flash and Arrow that are tearing it up on TV. Gotham came on, did pretty good. I enjoyed it. Constantine was a big surprise for me. Unfortunately, NBC is not a huge fan of it, so we don't know what's going to happen there. But, you know, it's it's been a really good show. And then you've got the movies. You've got Winter Soldier. You've got uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. It's just been a really good year for comic book entertainment on TV and the big screen. And so there you have my favorite. And if I had to, if I had to narrow it down to a favorite among all those, I'd have to say The Flash. TV show has just been nothing but fun. I have enjoyed every episode of it. So if you haven't checked it out yet, you really should do yourself a favor and and sit down and get all caught up. We're, what, eight, ten episodes in so far, I think? It's easily done. You can easily catch it up. It is. It is. Um, Even, I mean, just to expand on what Zahner just said, even Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., that people were completely against when it first came out and had a rocky first season, has come back for another season. It's grown to be very solid. They're not canceling it anytime soon. Yes, that's that's true. That is true. 
So, all right. Well, that is our show. That is our year. That's 2014, people. Is there anything we missed? I mean, were we not racist enough? Uh, what theories do you have on North Korea? And uh, which websites do you think we should not go to in addition to Kim.com? Let us know. Feedback at <laughs> StolenDroids.com. Give us a call, 801-917-GEEK. Follow us on Twitter. Friend us on Facebook. Uh, plus us. Until next time. Until next year. Cheers. And we'll Good day. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.